0: hey guys we're back season two it's been a while lucky uh lucky to be here happy to be here so it's been uh quite some time since season one ended um great to hear your voices again guys
1: we haven't even said anything yet oh i know right that's right Ant- <laughs> man robbie's been anticipating this for a minute yeah that's true <laughs> yeah
0: let's go ahead and shut down again that's fine <laughs> god you know i i really do miss the uh the smart Alki comments from you two great you are listening to no u-turn a podcast about the exciting changes in transportation and the people that play a key role leading us into the future there may be some detours along the way but there's no turning back and now to your hosts basil yap chris fernando and ravi singh So how you guys feeling? COVID's over. We're we're all free. Ah, it's amazing. I love it. Uh, You know, there's no more jetpack guy or jetpack person flying around LA. It's awesome. What a day.
2: Yeah, just a lull and jetpack guy. I saw some news though. They someone um, was it in LA? There's like a jetpack firm that just sold a couple jetpacks to an undisclosed buyer, military. They said in Southeast Asia. Oh, good. They didn't. They didn't list me on there. That's good.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah, I think that's happening. They saw all the attention it was getting. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's so? Hey, Chris Basil, what have you been up to? It's June eighth. Was our last episode. That was the last release for season one. So we've got a lot, a lot to look forward to. But we've done a lot. I know we've been text messaging and WhatsApping and everything else. So saw all the pictures. We had a lot of fun, each one of us. And uh, yeah, let's see what we got into.
2: Chris, you want to go?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we did take a long break. Uh, I think we needed needed the break. Um, But let's see. I I went camping with uh, friends, obviously, Terry Ann and the dogs. Uh, That was fun. Obviously, um, with the dogs, it's always a challenge camping. But But uh, that was a fun time, fun weekend. I think we must have packed uh, what felt like for two months uh, of stuff (laughs) uh, for two days of camping. So that was, that's always annoying. Nice. Um, I was in LA um, towards the end of, uh, uh, I guess, last season, um, what felt like. But it was awesome to be in LA. Um, I think we're gonna talk about the event later on in the podcast. But uh, met up with the co-host, Mr. Singh. Yeah, uh, i all his I'm still rec- Hollywood friends. Still recovering. <laughs> I'm
0: still recovering from that trip.
1: Yes, uh, For your visit. I think we. I think we had we have some stories from that trip. Some ca- some to be divulged. Some to some to be not <laughs> spoken spoken of again. Um. And then really just, uh, you know, traveling for work uh, for the first time in, in many, many months, almost two years, trip to Syracuse. Um, uh, where else did I go? I was in D.C. for two weeks with, uh, with the family. Atlanta? Which felt, and Atlanta, yeah, I was in Atlanta with you for Exponential. So, three weeks of traveling, and so I've been at home for um, now 10 days, almost two weeks, and I'm off to Charleston, South Carolina next week. So, if it it even though uh, it, Ravi in jest uh, kind of said COVID is over, being being able to travel and and do some of the normal things it, it ju- does does make it feel a little bit normal. But of course, unfortunately, it's not over. So that's <laughs> that was my summer um, in a nutshell.
2: Nice. Are you traveling mostly by car or are you, um, you said Charleston and other, like, are you doing a lot of driving, more driving than you normally would or?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely more driving. I mean, obviously camping was driving, uh, DC was driving, um, Charleston would be driving. So yeah, definitely uh, a lot more time on the road um, than in the air. Um, of course, Syracuse, LA uh, and Atlanta were flights, so Um, I guess I I should say that 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 first trip out west, I I did go to San Francisco as well. That was my first trip out. That was hard. Um, Being in a mask for, you know, five, six, eight hours um, straight, Um, that was tough. And then on the way back from Syracuse, there was a huge delay, almost 12-hour delay. And uh, being in a mask for that long um, was difficult. So um, driving a lot.
2: Yeah. <clears throat> well i um we did a little bit of traveling as well we were able to get out to hawaii and um, spend a little bit of time out there with the family so that was super exciting had been there in a while and had a actually for you know disconnected <clears throat> totally disconnected from work there for uh, a couple weeks which was great um we had a couple guests last season talk about the importance of taking breaks and finding things to do outside of work. And, um, yeah, certainly good when we're able to do that. And I found it was, um, not only restful, but able to kind of think about some things and then, um, come back and hit it hard again on all the the great things we got to do on the work side. So yeah, definitely, uh, that was, certainly was a long trip too. hopped around the islands. Interesting. We kind of went through the process in Hawaii. You have to have, um, like a, a COVID test within 72 hours. That's uh, negative. So the logistics of getting that test, um, you know, done at a Walgreen or a CVS or something here locally. And then, you know, <laughs> a, a very long time that you're waiting a very stressful time. Like, Oh shoot. Are we going to get all of these results back before we land? Because when you land and get off the plane, um, when we landed in in Honolulu and got off the plane, you know, the first thing you do is you go to a place where they they check. And at that time, they weren't accepting, you know, vaccine cards. You actually had to have a a test. And we had our three kids that don't have vaccines. And um, so anyways, a little bit of logistics. Interesting to see firsthand that. That's a whole different layer of security that was added now to the airport we hadn't seen before. So... But besides that, enjoyed the summer. We had a pretty mild summer here and looking forward to the fall. So, probably oh, what have you been up to? It's always fall, or I guess, or spring out in L.A.
0: Yeah, I won't get into the weather. I've been told I should not talk about the weather in L.A. anymore uh, on this podcast, but that's fine. Everybody can be jealous and haters. It's all good. I don't know. The summer was, uh, I don't, it was crazy. I mean, very busy with work, which is great. Um, I did travel as well. I went to Vegas for a conference. I went to Atlanta to see my family. It was great to see them. Did a road trip to Arizona and Utah with my in-laws. Um, did the canyons. So basically, I went to all the states that have uh, <laughs> some major vaccine issues or vaccination issues, I should say. Um, but yeah, it was great to get out and get in some planes and you know fly very safely. I think everybody was obeying the rules when I was on the, the aircraft. Um so yeah, not bad, not great to get out. And you know, obviously you two know and some others know COVID's impacted my immediate family, my wife getting sick even though she's vaccinated. Um but yeah, I definitely symptoms could be worse, but thankfully with her vaccination she's able to, you know, make it through for the week and hopefully she'll be past that pretty soon. So yeah, COVID is not over, folks. Um wear your masks. Get vaccinated if you can. that would be very helpful. But um yeah, great great summer overall, honestly. Getting to see a lot of my colleagues and friends and you know, obviously Chris coming over here and um a lot of uh <laughs> a lot of bar time spent together, but that's we won't get into that. <laughs> but uh yeah, my daughter's back in school in person, so she's getting taller. So a lot a lot of a lot of things <laughs> are moving ahead, right?
2: You so. still skateboarding? I skateboard a little Clinton? bit more yeah
0: but I cannot keep up with you, man. I cannot go into those ramps, you know I'm like, okay, level surface flat, perfect. check these tricks out and my trick is staying straight and not falling. It's awesome <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah it's been uh it's been a fun summer overall. I mean, I saw some rain once in LA It was amazing. I actually woke up in the middle of the night I'm like, wait is our did our pipe just burst? And my wife was freaking out as well, and I'm like looking around, and I look outside. And I'm like, "Oh no, it's actually raining." That's how rare I see rain out here. It's crazy.
2: That is crazy. So, are you impacted at all by wildfires or anything in in your area in L.A.?
0: I mean, not in, not in our in our neighborhood or our area, I guess. Um, but yeah, quite a few folks I know that are in those areas that they had to evacuate or are kind of paying close attention to it. You know, it's, it's just, you feel for those folks, especially with the air quality. So, I mean, we do get bit impacted here a bit with the air quality, of course, it's always an issue. Um, in fact, I think some of the fires are so large that other parts of the country were getting impacted by the fires out here.
2: Yeah, on the East Coast so. we were getting impacted from the um, Oregon and fires in Oregon and Washington. It was blown across, all the way across the U.S
0: yeah so the weather impacts are definitely a uh, a huge concern. I think we've all we've all followed that of course, and uh we're seeing it here in california
2: Well, we've had some exciting things happen over the summer as well when it comes to um the a m world advanced air mobility um We'll keep up the uh, the acronym uh definitions for season two, probably all the way through but so uh Chris, what are some of the things that happened this year? or this summer, I should say, since we last talked.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest uh, news um, for, for most of the folks in the AM industry was Joby going public. Um, that was exciting to to see. Um, you know, I think we all agree they're probably first in line to, to get the aircraft certified uh, and have been kind of, you know, on this journey for probably... Seven, eight years now, maybe longer. so it, it was good to see them go public. I have been tracking their stock price and and I think they opened around10 dollars a share and there was obviously a spike initially and then it went down. and so it, it's been interesting just to kind of see see it. I, I'm not very much knowledgeable of, of stocks and and shares and trading. But um, it's been kind of going up and down, but hovering around that $10, $12 range. So that was, I think, the biggest news uh, positive for the the industry. Um, It was interesting to see um, stuff coming out of, or the news coming out of Archer. Um, I I still have some kind of issues with their messaging. Um, You know, um, I feel like their messaging is a little bit, Tilted towards uh, this being a, a technology that will be enjoyed by, um, you know, the one percent of the one percent. But we'll get into that on another episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, the the Whisk Archer lawsuit um, was has been interesting to see. I think uh, um, was it Archer that that I guess got the most recent win um, um, in terms of. You know the ruling that stated that you know they had not stolen the yeah. stolen. I don't know if "stolen" is the appropriate word, um, but but somehow taken some of the wisc type designs. Uh, of course, when you hire people who used to work for risk, um, <laughs> you know that that can happen, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, there's saw, a lot of saw other saw that stuff too, happening. In the autonomous
2: um, vehicle um, on the autonomous vehicle side too, the connected autonomous vehicle side with Waymo and, and others, um, right? you know, hiring, <laughs> hiring all of their, uh, all of their top talent <clears throat> and being worried about what was being, what was going over and being shared with the other side. Yeah. Which was actually, did we talk about Uber? Like, you know, Uber's acquisition or Joby taking over Uber elevate, you know, Uber, Uber elevate was working with a bunch of folks as well. And um, yeah,
1: I mean, they got absorbed, but I'm forgetting now the timeline on that, whether that we covered that in season one. But um, yeah, of of course, you know, a lot of their staff or the Elevate staff have have now gone over to Uber. I mean, sorry, Joby, uh, Joby, yeah. Um, And I guess, you know, I I know there's a bunch of other news to cover, but I think the biggest kind of broader kind of change or change to me in the industry or at least the focus has been moving away from kind of the moving air taxis for people um, and then the conversation now has been become more uh, focused on cargo and healthcare and that has been a really interesting change um, to see because the infrastructure and the you know the use cases are obviously quite a bit different um, but I think more impactful and, and palatable for states, local, federal government, people to kind of digest that, that this will be an early, mar- early market rather than having to move people. So I don't know, well, what, what, what's the mm-hmm. other news in, in that you've been, I know you've been involved with quite a few things in, in your neck of the woods, your, your new neck of the woods. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, this summer, um, the first COVID-19 vaccine flight via drone took place. That was pretty cool in awesome. uh, Winston Salem, my hometown, my new hometown, <clears throat> and uh, that was completed by UPS Flight Forward, and so that it could be completed because UPS Flight Forward has a 135, and they have a will carry for ha- hazardous material, and they're able to carry you know all the equipment that's required or um, packaging and, and other things that are required to keep the. The monitor the temperature of the vaccine, so that was pretty exciting, and um, and we haven't seen that, of course, under Part one hundred seven for uh, obviously the hazmat rules what's, where you can't. What's carry.
0: a uh, Basil? What's a uh, for the uh, people that don't know? What's a one hundred thirty five certificate? Oh
2: yeah, good. So <laughs> there's a couple different rules you can fly um, fly drones under, and one hundred thirty five is unscheduled air carrier service. So a lot traditionally we think of charter aircraft like NetJets or well, a, a charter aircraft company, because their NetJets is a different model, but they would come pick you up and fly you to um, your location or your destination, typically around business travel or celebrities or others or, you know, those that are wealthy or using it for vacationing. It's not airlines, so it's it's uh, chartered service. FA decided to FAA, the Federal Aviation Administration decided to use that certification to certified drone delivery operators and there's only three of them certified ups amazon and wing and um that's what you will need to fly drones beyond visual on a site and carry uh, packages for hire so nice okay that was probably a much longer explanation <laughs> <needed>. <laughs>
0: we'll do a more in-depth uh, education episode and get our buddy greg uh but river, river dancer you, by. so
2: some may be asking well that doesn't seem like I mean, the reason I, I mentioned 135 and not 107, and 107 is a small UAS rule, which most op- drone op- small drone operations operate under, um, you know, why hasn't someone just went out, put a vaccine on a drone and flown it? It's because, you know, there's these additional rules on making sure that, you know, what you can carry hazardous material that you can actually carry. And when you do it for hire, there's certain rules you have to follow as well. So anyways, that was pretty exciting. And then we saw, um, kind of along the same lines, we saw folks like Air Methods, which is a big um, uh, medevac operator, launch uh, launch uh, pretty much a drone delivery service called Sprite, S P R I G H T, which is um, a fleet of wing copter drones. In there, I think they're focusing in Kansas for some of their first operations this fall. So this is a traditional medevac operator that's saying, hey, we want to get into drone delivery and let's start up an arm of our company to, to focus on that. So, th- I mean, that seems like, you know, obviously some some big movement in the industry. We saw Blade purchase uh, Trinity Air Medical out of Arizona for $23 million. If you remember, Blade Air Mobility was um, the, the helicopter kind of future UAM model, except it wasn't lo- using electrical vehicles. It was using uh, helicopters and existing uh, helipads. And then we've seen Beta, um, which is a big um, EV toll manufacturer, um, partnering with folks like United Therapeutics. And um, United Therapeutics nice. actually has a huge presence here in North Carolina. And so another kind of signal, to Chris's point, there's a lot of interest on the medical side, medical package delivery side, around um, around the use of drones and in the future the use of uh, EV tolls. Or, so Toll's electrical vertical takeoff or landing, or ESTOL, which is electric short takeoff or landing, so <laughs> a little bit more runway. So much, yeah. <laughs> and so we saw uh, Bristow this year, um, this summer, sign a, a memorandum of, of understanding to pur- to purchase 50 ESTOL aircraft from Electra, which I think is, is uh, a big deal. So Bristow... Typically serves the energy industry, flying to uh, oil platforms in the Gulf or, or elsewhere. And so this this purchase here is a pretty big deal, I think, as well. So we're seeing the energy and utility and some of these like medevac operators and other big helicopter operator uh, jumping into the game.
0: Awesome. Quite a bit. Quite a bit of activity just in a few months. So There's just probably like five hours more of news that we can cover and dive deeper into these uh these areas. So to come into the next episodes, right? And future episodes we'll 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 touch on some of these in more detail. But uh yeah, glad to see you guys are are staying busy. I'm staying busy and the industry's staying busy. It's great. Um so quite a well, bit we'll of activity. Be, we'll be I'm Austin, just in Texas be back. in a couple so. weeks
1: for conference. <laughs> That's all. Move America twenty twenty one. So I'm sure we'll we'll have a lot of news coming out of
0: Austin, um, Texas. That's yeah, right. Well. Oh, yeah. End of September in Austin, Texas, where the... Uh, what's the name of the conference again? I always mess this up. The Mobility Conference. Move. Move.
1: Right. There we go. Move. Move. Yeah. A lot Rookie. of people Move. in the industry. Move. Yeah, Robbie, you need to get your steps in, man. Get your too steps many, in. Too many conferences, many tell you what.
0: Um, and then we got a DC trip planned. So we may do an episode from DC, which is going to be, what? Oh, wow, two episodes with the three of us together. We'll probably mess that one up. On recording but that's okay (laughs) so we'll have cases of beer you know just all stocked up cases cases. (laughs) oh my yeah you see basil trick come on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah we're looking forward to that i mean so travels up i mean we're seeing the numbers jump up there's going to be a downtick of course that many of the airports are expecting for the fall you know there you've got the uh, flu season coming up you've got still covid to deal with um the different variants but overall it's been great to at least get back out and kind of put your feet back in the water and get out there and uh and travel and see people in person did safely. you
2: get to Robbie? did you get to any um conferences this summer
0: yeah i went to the the one of the airport executive conferences in vegas that was like 1600 people It was eye-opening <laughs> It was i mean great to be there great subjects or topics that were talked about um but it was definitely eye opening to see vegas back to being vegas uh a little scary but <laughs> you saw the energy there people were pretty excited and you know again it's you got to be a little bit careful still and it reminded me to do so because again these variants are out there and you know thankfully if you're vaccinated it lessens the impact But when when you
2: say variants are out there, you remind me. It reminds me of um, Loki, which I know you and I are big fans of. That's uh, what I was talking about. Oh, okay. I thought you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, we gotta we gotta talk about one of these episodes. Some of the shows we watched. Man, I'm telling you, uh, I got I'm hooked on a few different shows, and I actually got to re uh, get into Breaking Bad. I haven't watched. I never watched it when it came out. Oh, um, really? Yeah. So I caught up on yeah. those types of things. So it was fun. Some anyway, classics. classics a, I yeah. mean,
2: yeah, it's over now. So I guess we can say it's a, it's a classic. It's been a few years. Well, we went to, um, Chris and I went to, to AVSI exponential this year. So that was, um, at least for me, one of the first drone conferences we got to, um, to this, this year, you know, it was virtual back in the spring and, um, yeah, the the fa uas symposium was virtual back in the spring as well so this this one was in person we actually hosted a booth there with north carolina and um the firm that chris and i work for Hovecon, had a presence there as well as another group we work with um the the AeroX initiative had a booth there it was smaller than normal for sure i think they had maybe a third of the folks they normally would have at least right. that's what it felt like everything was spaced out um but I don't know Chris, what did you think It was it
1: yeah it was um it was definitely not as crowded as I anticipated, which which was good um in in many ways, but also um a little bit disappointing um but yeah I, I was surprised that there was no kind of E V tall uh presence um or any drones uh kind of flying around. Um, you know, uh, uh, at the at the hall itself, um, I was also very surprised how quiet and um, empty downtown Atlanta was, yeah. um, especially in the evenings, and and that was kind of sad to see because it was kind of shocking. Uh, one of the largest cities in the country, with uh, I think it's the fourth most congested in the world, um, was almost empty um, after. A eight
2: or nine um so well that's but i enjoyed it i i know when the soccer they had that soccer game that one night that's when it got packed
1: yeah yeah i actually had uh did end up going to the soccer game and and that was um you know quite quite the stock difference but i think people come in for events and then just you know get out uh because of kind of the current situation um i think the the um it took me a while to 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 get used to interacting with people in person, especially while at the booth, people would like swing by and want to chat with uh, about, you know, what we were doing there. Is that why
2: you're hiding under the tables?
1: Yes. I mean, I, I it took a lot of energy to to kind of, stay engaged, especially if there were back-to-back people. Oh, like, cardio, man, yeah. have done this in like two years. You're, we need Ravi here. You're yeah. talking cardio. No,
0: hey, look, I, I'm kind of going through the same thing, but, or I went through the same thing, especially with close talkers. You're like, oh, whoa, whoa, come on, man, back off a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's, it's dangerous. Always look out for those close talkers and watch out. Get a mask. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The cardio value, you got to get your talking cardio in shape. So it's, it's, uh, it's a, bit, a bit much to handle at first.
2: It was, it, because there were not as many people as normal, but they had it seemed like, you know, all the same amenities. It was, you know, it, it was actually, for me, pretty enjoyable. What was that? that Amen-
0: Amen- Did you say amenities?
2: Am- <laughs> amenities.
1: <laughs>
2: Anibas. <laughs> um, it was actually pretty, yeah, I enjoyed it because there were not as many people there. So um, I felt like the conversations were more meaningful. While Chris, your point, certainly there are a lot of folks that stopped by the booth. I think we were still, a, it wasn't in years packed where it's just people, your, your whole day is just full of talking with folks and you don't feel like you're having meaningful connections and making um, meaningful dialogue. So anyways, I think we made some good connections there. And Hope to follow up on those and all the folks that were really, that really wanted to be there, you know, was, were there and tried to make it there. And typically at AVSI, especially their expo hall, you can get into that hall for free, but this year there was a fee to get in there. So you didn't have all the folks that just showed up that were in that city, were interested and, you know, got a free pass and walked around, which, and, you know, Hmm. asking may not have been engaged in the uas world as much and so asking questions and i I wouldn't say taking up time it's always valuable for them to be exposed to that type of you know technology and and what it can do and uh, all the different piece parts that go from the sensors to the use cases to the actual platform so one of the pretty cool things this year that we hadn't seen in the past was um boston dynamics had uh, their robotic dogs there and they were included in a couple of the keynote speeches and they're running around as well uh, You know any, i'm yeah. talking about those robotic
1: yeah. dogs
0: do they have any uh pee pads down at all
2: no, <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> they were impressive actually um i i uh, saw one of the dogs stretched right in front of our booth and and It looked exactly like uh, (laughs) my dog, uh, the the Ridgeback, when it stretches. It it was like, holy crap! It
2: stretched, so they like program in it to do. Yeah, yeah, It just like kind of got down. That's amazing.
1: Kind of like a bow, almost like a bow.
0: So, did you guys uh, make a purchase there?
1: (laughs) Of the, I
2: don't know how much. Do you know how much those things are? Those are gotta be pretty expensive. Of course. Oh, there (laughs) it is, right there. (laughs) There it is, right Right. there. (laughs) 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 There Right (laughs) (laughs) on cue. (laughs)
0: I thought it was like about 20000 I forget what the... I remember looking it up. It was pretty crazy. But, the um, New York
2: Police Department had... A, I don't know if they had a few of them or one or two, and then I just saw recently they quit using them um, for some reason.
0: Maybe it's not as much. I don't know. I thought... I think I'm pretty sure it's over $50,000, I think, the last time I checked, but we'll dig into that, and I'll put it on my <laughs> wish list. Yeah, the one thing is at AAAE and a couple of other conferences, they have, I don't know if they had it at AUVSI, but a tracing um, process. So you had to register, of course, when you checked or you checked in, you know, you got to the conference, they gave you a, a device where it just tracks you, right, when you're in the conference. So in case there is a breakout of COVID, they can kind of get a good handle on that in terms of tracing and, you know, alerting people that were, were around that individual. So I think it was... Wait, a, hold I think on. So
2: what Would they give you, like a little tile thing? Kind of like a Apple lanyard. Pod or whatever those new things uh, are
3: called?
0: Something like that. A lanyard with this device you have to charge. I didn't really dig into it.
2: Um, oh, you had to charge it too?
0: You had to charge it too. But <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a lot of responsibility there. A lot of responsibility. They're <laughs>
2: assuming that you're going to be using it. Uh,
0: yeah, and I think every attendee charged theirs. But uh, kidding. Being sarcastic, so yeah. But it was interesting. It has did Aus did the conference that you guys were at in Atlanta? Did they have a um, process for tracking people?
1: No, uh, not really. No. Told us <laughs> we were in the we were in the deep south, my friend. Maybe that's, that's why the
2: dogs were running around. The dogs were sniffing out. We yeah, there you go. Dogs.
0: Did you guys get to go to the uh that AAA team? Uh, it was the Braves. Check out that that's ballpark. The farm team. No, no,
1: but uh, <laughs> we did check out the what was the stadium? The name of the stadium? Mercedes Benz. Yeah, man, that oh. was impressive.
0: Yeah, Atlanta Mercedes- United, stadium. right?
1: Yeah, the game we went to was Atlanta United, um, but but I guess that's a Falcons stadium as well. And wow, I, I've that uh, was very impressed by the stadium. I, I think it's one of the newest stadiums, so very impressed.
0: Awesome. Well, I know when this episode comes out. And folks, who are listening to it, it'll be a different date, probably sometime next week. But we're recording actually on a, a very important date that you know many of us were very impacted by. So nine eleven. Um, I know we'll we'll dive in a little bit and kind of get our feelings about it, and um, you know kind of revisit some of those moments. Of course, that day, that horrific day, and um, yeah what do you, what are your thoughts there guys on it's nine 11, I I know, it's 20 years later. Yeah. Yeah. 20 20 year
2: anniversary. Well, I think certainly um, anytime there's uh, an anniversary, all those that remember that were alive, um, you know, remember, remember where they were, because I think for us, us being, you know, us talking here, this was our, our generation's Pearl Harbor moment. Right. when, The U S was attacked on its homeland and, um, and obviously changed a lot of things, including transportation, which we'll dive into in a little bit, but, um, it changed our lives for sure. And the trajectory of, of the U S, uh, for the future. So, um, so I, Chris, I know you, you came over for school. So were you here in, in school during nine eleven?
1: yeah yeah i was a junior in florida um and i had a pretty unique experience because a lot of the pilots um all the pilots who who were part of al-qaeda um were trained in in florida so um obviously after the event events of the day um the subsequent days um the fbi was a constant presence on campus at the flight school um We had a big international, um, population on campus, um, also flying, um, doing flight training, myself included. So, you know, I, yeah, so I was, you know, obviously I was not, as they say, fresh off the boat. Um, I was three years into my, um, um, you know, tenure at college, um, but I, I, I think, you know, I was, I'm was. i obviously not American, and, and over the years, my kind of views of 9-11 have, have been more sympathetic to to the U.S., but coming from a country where we had, you know, a civil war going on for 30 years, I was not as stunned by the act. I was obviously stunned by the magnitude and the, you know, the, the kind of, it felt like a movie, right? I yeah. mean... Airplanes flying into buildings, but I think a, a combination of my maturity and uh, coming from where I came from, yeah, you know, I was not American. Oh, I'm not American, and so my reaction at the time was kind of not as not as um, shocked and and um, um, and maybe because I was kind of immune to, you know bomb blasts and, and things of that nature ha- ha- happening in Sri Lanka constantly. So, um, yeah, but over the years, uh, looking back, you know, you just kind of uh, have understood the, the gravity of it and the impact of it and and how many people's lives were lost on, uh, in just a few minutes. And the bravery, of course, especially of that flight that crashed in, in Pennsylvania. Um, I mean, that could have been another uh, disaster in itself. Um so, yeah, I mean, it, 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 you know, I, I distinctly remember I was outside the College of Aero. Um, I think I was waiting to go to class and, and when, when the news came around, you know, right after 9 o'clock. Um, and, you know, we all thought it was a joke, to be honest. Um, we didn't take it seriously till we actually started seeing images and, uh, on, on the television. Um, um, and, and, you know, Ravi and I were chatting earlier, I think, as a, a brown-skinned person, the reactions after 9/11 were also not very friendly towards people who look like Ravi and me, and and Muslim friends, and and uh, other friends who, you know, wear like Sikh friends who who have um, kind of wear the turban, and and you know, we were all kind of grouped as, you know. Uh, dangerous to America, right? So that also kind of carried with me for many years because I would be checked all the time at the airport or profiled because I was in flight school or, and over the years, obviously that has changed. But so I know this sounds a bit, bit different from, I guess, uh, on the 20 year anniversary in terms of when we are still mourning and celebrating the lives of, 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 of many people. And, and you know, I am with, with all of that, but I had a different experience. Um, so, uh, you know, it wouldn't be, um, it wouldn't be, uh, fair to kind of not acknowledge that, you know, my feelings, um, that day were different, but, but have evolved since then. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's a somber day. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, you know, we have, we have uh, uh, Black Friday uh, in Sri Lanka, which which is not uh, <laughs> the Black Friday connotation or, or the day of, of shopping uh, after Thanksgiving. But I think our day was when, when there was uh, some horrific um, riots in, in the country and, and people were were killed. So we, we all have these stories in our histories. And um, it is kind of... Um, it is... You know, obviously a, a, a special, important day, but it's also, I think, as we start out the new season, a good way to kind of reflect on on, on COVID and, and all these things happening in our lives and, and be thankful for, you know, um, each other and, and the things we've got, right? Because um, a lot of people um, died um, that day, but continue to die um, um under tragic circumstances, for for various different reasons. So
0: yeah, and also the uh, <clears throat> the follow the casualties following that day, right? The the impact of the fire department, policemen, or police folks, uh, police w- <laughs> police women and policemen. Sorry, I apologize about that. But yeah, I mean, we continue to see the impacts in so many different areas following that day. Um, you know what really shook me the other day and in, in Basel. I don't know if you you've had the same experience with your kids, but. I had to actually sit, settle down, and explain it to her in more detail. I mean, she's twelve now, so she's heard of nine eleven, and we've talked to her about it in the past. But this was the first time we really sat down, and I showed her a few different documentaries. You know, obviously, I was careful on some of the things, but because um, they're very, you know, very hard to take in, some of those documentaries, and you know, watch that again. Just, so just explaining to her those different situations and, you know, uh United ninety three and what happened there, you know, amazing. Amazing. And just you get teared up. You know, more than teared up by just talking about it again. Yeah, where were you, Robbie?
2: When that when uh
0: when I was uh actually no, two day uh, two days before that, one of my close friends, John, got married and um I flew back to DC and That Tuesday, I think it was, yeah, that Tuesday, 9-11, I was sitting there in Bethesda, so downtown Bethesda, which if folks aren't familiar with it, you know, off Wisconsin Avenue, and it's just basically, a, it's almost considered part of D.C. Um, I was there in the office first thing in the morning, and we heard the same news, you know, plane hit the, you know, Tower One, I believe, and we were kind of like, ah, it's probably just a little prop plane, you know, didn't really think too much of it. And then, of course, everybody started messaging each other and saying, hey, now get down to the conference rooms. So there's our entire company down there in a conference room watching all the screens and, you know, seeing everything kind of play out in front of you. You know, it was just traumatizing. I immediately picked up the phone, called whoever I can get in touch with up that I knew was in New York City. Um, So it was just... Unbelievable. And then of course you heard about the Pentagon and everything else that happened and we were we were stuck there. They shut everything down DC, um, you know, once the Pentagon got hit and you know, we just basically spent the time with everyone. Like it doesn't matter who they were, whether they were homeless or not, people just packed in restaurants and bars watching T V and I don't think I got back on the road until five thirty, six o'clock at night, perhaps. And that was, you know, obviously first thing in the morning. Hmm. Um because everything was closed, you couldn't really move around in DC.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's important to note for our younger listeners that this is like cell phones were out, but this is before. I mean, your main your main news source at that time was you're watching the big uh, yeah. television uh, stations that were streaming, you know, videos of everything happening live.
0: I mean, just for reference, I mean, I just started using Google. Like, I didn't even know what Google was. So, for you kids out there. That's how old we are.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 20 years does feel, it doesn't feel like 20 years has passed in some ways, but it does feel like when you look at it from a technology standpoint, how much has changed, right? I mean, imagine if there was social media and on all the tools we have now, what, what that experience might've been like for, for us. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, wow.
0: Basil, you used, uh, I mean, speaking of Google, did you ask, did you used to use, uh, ask Jeeves for that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was pre-google there was another um it wasn't there was someone else beside ask jeeves bing no no bing, bing was well, bing was post google um anyways yahoo probably had their own search and and all the other folks there pre what about uh bubble. what about you basil where were you i uh so i was in maryland as well that's where we're living i had just um i'd actually just interviewed and in, was told I could start working at an airport and the day before on 910 I started it was my first day of flight lessons so if you look at my student pilot certificate it says 910 2001 wow. um, and so that was at the Frederick County Airport which is close to Camp David and you know I was supposed to start the next day of course called in and asked them after those events and or during that day and they um, told me that might as well just wait, if, you know, wait till they're ready because essentially all the airspace was shut down. But yeah, I went down to a, a local Roy Rogers and watched the TV in there with a bunch of folks. Um, you know, we saw both towers collapse and knew about um, we knew about uh, the Pentagon. And then there was still this rumor out there. That you know there was another plane or multiple planes, so we didn't really know. Of course, you're looking up any any you're driving anywhere just to see. There's you look up, there was no planes at all. You know, once they shut that airspace down, military aircraft flying back and forth occasionally, but um, <clears throat> yeah, definitely, uh, definitely something that experience will, which will always be etched in our memory. And there were folks that I knew that were motivated after that to join the military, folks from high school. Um, you know, by those events. And and of course they did and ultimately ended up serving in either Afghanistan or Iraq. So there's a whole generation that was impacted in that way. And we saw, I mean, so if we kind of move from our personal experiences and think about how this impacted the airline industry, I mean, this, this was, this was a huge event and it changed the airline industry for sure. It changed how we go through airports. It changed the whole airport experience. Um, and I think in retrospect, maybe in some positive, positive ways, certainly consolidate a lot of the airlines. But I mean, do you remember going through the airport pre nine eleven? what that oh, yeah. experience was like?
0: Yeah, you could go <laughs> last second, you can get to the airport and get right to the gate before the plane closes its doors. Oh my and, God. I mean, you could be, it was yeah. crazy how much you can get through on security.
1: I mean, it was, I distinctly remember freshman year, I went to Texas uh, for a visit and I had a switchblade in my bag and I went through security and they found the switchblade and I, they, they t- just took it away and they said, um, you can either check it in or you can, you know, mail it back to yourself or we can chuck it. This was like two years before, uh, two, two and a half years before nine eleven.
0: Can we do a separate episode about why you're carrying a switchblade? Is that the I have West? No are you were you were you Maybe. trying trying out for West Side Story?
1: <laughs> I've, man, I have no idea why I had that, but I just remember <laughs> that that one event. Just because you know, as you were saying, you know, the security was so lax, and I came from a country where where the security you had to get to the airport three four hours before a flight to go through all the security because they would check everything, every single bag that you were taking um and so oh really so hold on let's talk about so they <clears throat> i mean was it similar to what you saw post 9
2: 11 then like were you going through well i guess you're already doing the x-ray and the
1: and the um they would metal detector pre 9 11 but what else were they doing in addition they would uh every single suitcase would be hand checked uh oh. searched um by an individual i mean they didn't have the technology obviously that yeah that, you know we have now so a lot of it was also just trying to kind of... I think they had learned a lot from the Israelis who have, you know, uh, very strict um, protocols at the airport, but they have they've have learned a lot over the years in terms of the use of technology and, and human behavior as well. So I think some of it was also trying to kind of see how who would get agitated and who right. would react to things being... Um, uh your your property being searched. Um so yeah, we had to four hours before a flight had to be at the airport.
0: You know, there uh the FA actually allowed knives back then. I think it had to be four inches long. That was the uh
1: yeah, this, that switchblade was uh, uh longer than four, four was inches. this like crocodile dundee? Did you have yeah. like a... <laughs> no that's not again
0: a
2: knife. I, man I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Boys, it's good a switchblade. I you know, I think somebody I know somebody had a a, a switchblade comb. Definitely not me.
2: You're thinking yeah. about a butterfly blade. Is that what you're thinking about? Like a, it's got the two handles.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what you're talking oh, about. That's what you there had. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Folks, this is the uh, North Carolina version of the podcast when they start talking <laughs> about knives. <laughs> that was a Florida version, man. I
1: I, I was in Florida at the time. I, I had no idea what I was thinking. Yeah, but
0: it is interesting though. I mean, just for that fact that knives were allowed on the planes, you know, Um knitting needles,
2: saw. all you know. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, so it was when when the terrorists brought those and the hijackers brought those knives on. I mean, it was and box, cutting, box right? cutters. It wasn't unusual. Yeah. I mean, that was something that it wasn't like they snuck on. They were something you could carry on.
0: Yeah, in right, fact, if, if you if they were stopped and they took out the box cutters or whatever it was, razor blades, they would just be handed them back yep. because they were allowed to have those on the plane.
2: Yeah, Shock. and so I remember going a lot of times to pick up family, you would walk right out to the gate. Like you would be at the gate. Anyone could go through the first line of security there. And we did this all the time at Dulles airport. We'd go right to the gate and, you know, you would, our friends or family would be getting off the plane and you could greet them right there. And then, you know, walk back to baggage. Um, you know, now of course you see everyone gathered around where you're exiting the TSA secure area, (laughs) but you could have had people all over the place and it's, you know, we would go to Dulles airport, pick up folks. I remember waiting one time, um, and we we're able to, a flight got delayed or something. And I walked out and watched the Concorde come in and land, which was pretty wild. You know, it was taken off, um, going between there and, and, uh, overseas. So, uh, but that security was done, not that security was done by private security companies that were typically hired, you know, the airlines and the airport help, Share the cost to for their security, um, for their security measures. And then, of course, as we know, TSA was was a post nine um, eleven office that was created under the Department of Homeland Security.
0: Yeah, and also on nine eleven, that's the first time ever all planes were grounded. Amazing to to remember that fact as well.
2: Yeah, one thing I, I did I thought of. I remember. I remember they would run these crazy deals where ticket prices were so cheap. I remember I had a ticket from Baltimore mm-hmm. to Portland, Oregon, and it was $99 each way. It was $99 each way. That's amazing. Which is just crazy. I mean, it wasn't like they charge an extra fee for check my bag or anything like that. It was $99 each way. They would just run these crazy deals.
0: Yeah, I mean, because if you think about today, right? Same, same sort of impact, right? Like, how do you get people back? confident to fly getting those airplanes and i mean man the i think the recovery didn't happen until really about 2007 for the aviation industry if you look at the uh the numbers and break all that down but yeah, yeah. this was
2: yeah robbie this was pre this was pre nine eleven. like i just remember oh pre nine eleven. yeah for some reason if certain routes like it was a busy route like you could find super cheap tickets um, um and then i also another thing i also remember is that the planes were not as full like you could find a seat to stretch out and like if it was if you had a red eye typically you could find like a couple seats and stretch out and like take a nap now they're like packed to the gills
0: yeah i can't even remember what the flights were like pre nine eleven. you know my memory only goes so far <laughs> in my advanced age I, I let you guys have that one but no, it was uh, you know. Look at the look at the security now compared to then. I mean, you started seeing longer security lines because you know um, there's a lot more attention, of course, on folks coming through and figuring out how to how to make people feel confident visually and also you know through processes to, to make sure that they're getting on a flight and there's no issue. So and then there were still some failed attempts, of course. Um, for some terrorists there shoe following yeah. Yeah. the shoe bomber. Yeah.
2: So then we had to take our shoes off. Um,
0: There's the underwear bomber as well, by the way. I don't know if you yeah, guys knew that.
2: They didn't make us take our underwear off. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank God. Cause they would be surprised. I'll tell you what. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Well, you, you did bring up a good, you, you brought up a uh, really interesting point earlier, uh, Robbie. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
0: i have this once in a while
2: <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not gonna refer no it was with it, we talked about all all the planes stopped like on 9-11 um you know someone decided we're gonna ground all of these planes like the airspace had never been shut up do- shut down like that i don't think it had ever been shut down like that never. before yeah first
0: time ever only time ever yep
2: shut down and they said all right we're just gonna start opening up for you know flights after that because they need to get control see which planes were rogue or you know hijacked which planes weren't and um yeah that's that's pretty crazy and so a lot of folks got tied up in you know they landed they want to get back to their families they didn't know when they're going to be able to fly i remember a friend that rent had to rent a a u-haul um well he knew that the the parking lot or the the rental cars would be all packed and sure, everyone, they went right there to, as soon as they knew they couldn't fly back to get a rental car to drive back to where they were. So he went and found a U-Haul and rented a U-Haul. And he also knew that, I think they were looking for folks, because we were worried about domestic, not only just these attacks via airplane, but also domestic attacks. And they were mm-hmm. box, you know, big trucks, they are worried about being loaded up. And so he drove back, I think it was from Texas to Maryland, and he opened up the back of the U-Haul so you could see it. So the police car pulled up behind him. You know, they could see there was nothing back there and, and made it all the way back. So some ingenious thinking, I thought. <laughs> yeah, to figure yeah out absolutely. How to get back.
0: Yeah, you now just a, a quick note here, too, on that, the ground stop that was ordered, it was ordered by the um, FAA National Operations Manager. His name was Ben Silney. Do you guys know that was his first day in that position?
1: Mm -mm. whoa no i had no idea not his his first day in the fa first day
2: in that position in that position that's what
0: happened that's crazy that's what happened and that's a heck of a decision i mean what do you do you know if you the recent documentary that's out i think it's on netflix or apple plus tv i forget which one there's so many streaming streaming apps out there but you should watch it um they do interview him and it's it's a pretty good documentary safe for your kids to watch you know if you don't want to get into the the nitty-gritty of that day and see some of those visuals um yeah i definitely recommend it i'll i've the name of it though unfortunately but um yeah it was just a huge decision yeah and then security today right over the years it's just changed and changes and changed i mean there's so many different changes that are continuing to happen um with regards to design to make it c- folks continue to be safer and you know visualize or actually visually see what's happening to create a a safe passage for them um, to travel.
2: Well, this impacts, you know, so we've talked about this before, like impacting AM and urban air mobility, these air taxis moving around, moving people, you know, traditionally with aviation, especially for ticketed passenger routine scheduled flight, like uh, the airlines and and going to the airport, you have to go through TSA. So, you know, because of this type of event, now we're looking at well, is this a potential for the same uh same threat with e v tolls if we're flying them in urban areas
0: yeah, and that's a huge discussion right now. I mean, quite a few airports and of course the operators are are looking at this like what is that security concern? what's that infrastructure gonna look like? what's that path, process gonna look like? So yeah, it's definitely getting a lot of energy around it and focus which is uh important so yeah and the airline come i think you were going to mention the airline some of the airlines that merged or some of the big changes across the airlines
2: yeah this is i mean there was a huge consolidation of airlines um i mean we can think back to some names like twa northwest southwest um continental airlines so all those folks you don't see anymore if you go to the airport hooters air Um, Hooters air. I don't remember that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was Baltimore straight direct to uh Florida shocker. <laughs> was that an actual airline? A Hooters air. Yeah. I remember seeing it and saying, wow, I've got to get those. I wonder if they serve wings? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man. We'll have to look that one up. Random airlines. So yeah, you know, over the years to TWA was, was one of those ones I mentioned and merged with American, um, if you guys remember American West Airlines, um, yeah. they merged with US Airways. Um, Southwest, which was this, you know, kind of a smaller airline at the time, started growing. In fact, Southwest and, and JetBlue were, you know, well, Southwest was kind of focused on a smaller, smaller market, but after 9 11 decided, hey, we need to expand into these, these bigger markets that were traditionally dominated by bigger airlines. So you know the acquisition of ATA, and then Southwest had um, merged with and acquired Air Trans Airways as well in 2010. Um, you know they're they're a pretty formidable airline now that it continues to to be one of the first airlines to return to profits after events like this. Yeah, but yeah, Del- Delta Northwest merged um, Frontier Airlines and Midwest Airlines. Um, united merged with continental and and so and then american airlines merged with uh, u.s airways um, actually u.s airways was the who acquired american but decided to keep the american um, american name and then alaska airlines and virgin america uh, merge as well so that leaves really kind of you know, the, the big three, um, airlines, which is American United and Delta, really Delta being, you know, the largest of all of them. And <clears throat> I don't know, what do you guys think? Is it better that we have <laughs> kind of three, you know, of course we have JetBlue, we have Southwest, we have others. We have a lot of these low cost carriers as well, but, um, what are you guys' thoughts on, you think that airline experience has improved <laughs> since 2001 or,
0: well, I think, uh, well, I think it's improved. But even now, with the COVID impact, we're seeing some of those smaller airlines come up with these shorter routes. Right? They're getting a lot more, a lot more um, passenger traffic than you're seeing elsewhere, and it's creating those smaller airlines to be, or kind of opening the door for some of those smaller airlines to be almost like a a bigger airline right now at this point. But um, and it's interesting to see, you know, others like Delta and 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 others kind of manage their way through COVID successfully in some cases as, as Delta, and then also see Southwest, um, what they're doing. But I don't know. I mean, I think I think consolidating is good. Of course, you worry about the monopolization, of course. Um, I don't know.
1: Well, yeah, I, I am not. Uh, you know, I've seen, um, you know, this is kind of like the Apple, Google, yeah. you know, problem right with with technology and and kind of their monopoly essentially over a lot of these businesses by by just acquiring all these small businesses technology companies and and bringing them under a large umbrella so you know what is their motivation to give us better service and and Mm -hmm. a higher quality product i mean they you know and they continue to i mean with all the controversy around how they've used federal money to do buybacks and essentially fund their CEO salaries and, um, you know, be profitable for their um, um, executives. But, you know, when it comes to getting refunds as a, as a passenger or better service, um, they really have no motivation there. So in that sense, I'm, I'm not uh, a huge fan of, of that consolidation because Um, you know, I think we've lost some of that competition that drives, drives that. Um, but I do, to your point with COVID, you know, just trying to not necessarily draw parallels, but you know, how are we going to recover, uh, the aviation industry in general? I do think that now airlines will, will, uh, have to kind of find ways, um, to attract customers, right? Um. And price um uh, their routes in in interesting and, and innovative ways um and, and hopefully you know the the craziness that happens on flights these days will will be a, a post-covid phase and 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 stop because that's kind of that uh, it makes me a nervous traveler oh know? my god yeah my goal is to not make instagram these days well. <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I was on a short flight
0: on an airline. I'm not going to mention it, but I was on a short flight from spirit. Spirit (laughs) (laughs) No, I would never, I can't do that. Uh, yeah. Anyway, there was, uh, actually the airline handled it extremely well, but a person got up as we taxied, it was at LAX to Vegas and they went to the bathroom and smoked a cigarette, (laughs) not even a vape or whatever you want to call it these days, but a cigarette. And I'm like, wow, really old school. And the, uh, The captain of the aircraft, you know, obviously taxied back and was like, uh, yeah, we have a maintenance issue and so forth, blah, blah, blah. Very calm, got back, and then they called a few names off the plane so they could make their connecting flights because they knew it was going to be delayed now. And that individual got off the flight, and federal authorities were there. So very calmly handled it. Captain came back to the back of the aircraft and was like, thank you guys for staying calm as well and not creating an Instagram or YouTube moment. And, you know, it's but the fact that they have to do that is just unbelievable that people can't handle a 40 minute flight without acting like this insane human being. Yeah, yeah it's just shocking. So well, I would, there's I,
1: something going on, right? I think there's something going on in the psyche of the country. I and think the so. people That that is making it's not, you know, the numbers have. Have kind of been off the charts, right? The fines and the incidences on on air, uh, on flights and airplanes, and, and so it'll be interesting to kind of talk to uh, some type of behavioral uh, analyst or a, a psychologist to kind of understand what COVID is. Yeah, is it COVID? Is it is it the economic you know situation of these people? Is it something else? Because there has to be some kind of quantitative. Or, or quantifiable um, reason, um, even if it's if it's a, a psychological um, change, because I just don't understand it. You know what makes people just some of the some of the videos out there are absolutely, you know, my, <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah, like, what? what you know? We're anyway. We were talking to
2: a pilot, um, and his comment. He he was talking about these. A lot of these. Things happen all the time, but he said recently, definitely there's been an uptick. He's a commercial pilot, and he's seen the FAA actually slap fines on folks, so he said in the past, you know, someone would get on a fight, um, someone would get in a fight on the plane, they'd land, they'd pull the people off, and if they didn't get in a fight right there in the airport, and it was on the plane... Then the local authorities typically didn't have any jurisdiction, so the FAA actually has to, you know, put the fines, um, apply the fines, and FAA would just—it seems like—has now really been proactive about it. I've noticed, like, on on their uh, with with public engagement and press releases, they're definitely being more aggressive, saying, "Yep, you're going to get fined if you do, you know, if you make do something wrong. You shouldn't be doing on a plane or not wear your mask, et cetera." So they're getting, you know, more serious about it, but of these three airlines, so Delta, American, and
1: United. What do you who's your preference? Chris. <laughs> um, I would say American, um but now that I live in R- Raleigh, North Carolina, Delta has has better flight options, so uh I would I would rank maybe Delta a little bit ahead of American because of the 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 where I live. I absolutely despise United. I <laughs>
0: So you, United Robbie? Airlines, so United, you won't be our sponsor for this podcast, I guess.
1: But <laughs> yeah, no, you guys will have to find a new host. <laughs>
0: well, you know, wow, that's
1: pretty. That's that's pretty serious. <laughs> oh, I have a story about United for, for another episode. Uh, you'll you'll understand why I, okay. I despise United.
0: That's going to be our next podcast episode. We have all the CEOs from the top airlines. Robbie, how about you? Oh well, wow, that's a tough question. I'm kidding. Delta. Always Delta. Oh, man. So Delta don't, too. Yeah. yeah. Delta. Delta service is just great. You know, they get you where you need to be on time and they treat you so well. Delta Airlines, please sponsor our podcast. This
1: year? <laughs> <laughs> Who's paying you for this? Oh, uh, yeah, no. I
0: uh, But no, uh, yeah, Delta is uh, definitely Delta over the other two. um You know, Southwest, we take a lot as well. um I know you I, haven't I, mentioned this those,
1: whole but, seat first. You know s- Southwest. I've never got. We're used so used to, that used that to it. Seating. I mean,
0: the only reason we did it was honestly when you have a kid, it's you got to cancel a flight last second. There's no cancellation fee. It was just convenient because it happened to us too many times when we lived in DC and stuff was young. Um, oh, I see. I see. So that's that's really why. So you know, but overall, I mean, yeah, definitely Delta uh, number one. So I've had.
1: I guess. Mm, what about international? Ooh. Since we're on the topic,
0: yeah. I mean, I've taken Delta International. I've taken um, what was uh, KP KP? Not is KPM? Yeah, Virgin Air, of course. Um, quite a few quite Virgin few.
2: Air yeah. and, and Delta. I, I remember buying a Delta ticket, and half the flights were Virgin Air.
1: Um, yeah, but they didn't. I would say em- Emirates or Singapore for me.
0: Hey, I, took, I, I guess I took it depends Iceland on where there. you're flying,
1: yeah.
2: Emirates. I took
0: Iceland there, remember when we lived in D.C., and they had a uh, a deal. Go anywhere you want to, and then you'll connect in, in uh, what is it, Reykjavik, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you yeah. can stay up to five days with no extra charges. I'm like... Yeah,
1: we did that, too. We did that. Yeah. Uh, that's how we went to Iceland.
0: Yeah, I, Iceland's amazing, by the way, side note.
2: Well, quickly as we wrap up, um, one of the, I was reading a, uh Wall Street Journal article recently, and they're mentioning that because of all the financial um, issues uh, post 9-11, as well as the financial cra- uh, crisis or recession from 2007, 2009, we've seen a lot of these airlines start to use um, the data that they had you know, access to to help streamline um, either booking filling seats, understanding, you know, which routes they need to be flying when the flights are full, when they're not, um, just kind of the whole logistics, uh, passenger chain from point A to point B, um, through data analytics. And of course, you know, you know, that's a big part of a lot of transportation now is looking at data and and using tools to, um, pull out actionable intelligence. So. And, and I think when we look at the figures, um, we've seen ticket prices actually, they haven't arisen, um, but since pre, pre nine 11, they've, they've actually dropped a a little bit. So of course (laughs) we're saying that now is that was pre COVID we were seeing that. So we'll see what happens post COVID.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough business to be in. That's for sure. I don't envy, um, some of those airlines, of course, um,
2: but again, we got to remember at the end of the day, it's a business, right? So, yeah. All right. Well, this, we've probably gone for way too long for our first episode, guys. What do you think? Hey, why change things up? <laughs> Come on. It's the same thing as season one. We had to
0: get the, yeah. uh, get the rust out here. You know, you take a couple months off, you know, we got to be chatty.
1: Yeah. I think we, we needed to catch up. But, but, uh, um, yeah. So we, we, I'm excited about season two and, we have uh, a great lineup of guests coming up. Um, we have a couple of new members of the team that we will be introducing to to, to everyone who are helping. Our, I guess now we have a production team. It kind of feels official. Um, yeah, we need it. And and what, what else are we going to roll out this we got season, s- guys? Uh, is
0: there some kind of scholarship thing that we're doing? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, scholarship. You know, building off our success with folks like... Uh, Amy Imamura and the LAX crew for their Ace Academy. We had a fun fun talk to the kids and teaching them about drones and urban air mobility this past summer. Some definitely some funny stories from <laughs> those four days. Um but yeah, Basil, you want to touch on the scholarship?
2: Uh yeah. Setting up um you know, we talked about this before. We we went to summer break. It's been um we we took a break, so <laughs> I know one of the things that I was supposed to be doing is Helping get our nonprofit up and running, and we're, we're still focused on doing that. It is it is a long process to get that nonprofit status, but part of that will be, you know, us able to take in once we have that status uh, donations for a scholarship around um, you know transportation related studies. So yeah, we're really excited to get that up and running, and uh, you know we'll, we'll let everyone know once we get uh, nonprofit status and. And um so then you're able to get a tax break or businesses will be able to get a tax break when they donate. So
0: Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. And then we'll be able to you know, kinda communicate that through our new website that's in the works at this moment. So yeah, definitely quite a few things there to to build on our success of season one and perhaps some sponsors. That'll be good. Like uh Delta. <laughs> that's right. Definitely not <laughs> not not United. <laughs> Maybe hey unless, unless you guys can...
1: are looking for a new host. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay, wait, maybe some
0: was... uh let's get some drone companies in here guys come on that's true yeah
1: yeah so i mean one of the things i think that it was a highlight of of that event we did with uh ace academy and lawa was was uh with the help of our many of our friends in the industry we were able to donate um 150 drones to the 150 or so kids who attended the four days so that was that was pretty cool i mean i mean that was um obviously got me out to la that was fun but really being able to educate and inform the next generation and and maybe bring some of them into into the aviation industry was a was a fun thing to do and and hopefully we can do that again soon
0: yeah and our uh we gave some t-shirts away I think a hat stickers. or so, and then uh, stickers, and then our buddy Greg at Pilot Institute gave up some courses away. So I I named him earlier. I said Greg Riverdancer, but, you know, you know his last name. <laughs> you guys want to know his last name, look at season one. You'll get it. But Riverdale,
1: Riverdale. That's fine. He's doing well. I think he, Pilot Institute. He's doing great. Uh, I think just clocked 100,000. Yeah. Um, um, I guess students. Um I don't know how subscribers students.
2: Yeah, we just we just had a, one of our interns take his class to get um their part 107 license and said it was great. So awesome. Um, some good feedback there. All right, well as we wrap it up just like season 1, you know, kind of always end on something fun. Um you know, we hit on this a little bit earlier but uh, around Loki and, and some other shows that it came out this uh, late spring summer. Um what are you guys watching and what's good for our listeners
1: as they uh we move into the fall here.
0: I don't know, no, Chris, you go ahead.
1: Oh boy. Um yeah, I've been I've been um I subscribed to Peacock over the summer to just to watch the Olympics. Um Yeah, right. And ended you're up, watching WWE. Up, I know
0: you're watching wrestling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ended up hanging on to it. So I've actually been watching quite a few old um, you know, uh, sitcoms. Uh, started watching George Lopez uh, a few days ago, so I've been nice. binging on that. Um, and and I forgot how funny that guy was or is, I should say. Um, and then a manifest. I don't know if you guys know of that show on Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. Um the the plane that disappeared uh, for five years and then showed up. Uh, I don't know an hour later. Um, so that show's been uh, good and I think I, I binged on that and now there's a new season um, I've been watching this uh, show called money heist it's it's in it's in Spanish based in Spain uh, it's also a series about you know bank robbery which I find interesting um, I binged on Madam secretary um, over the summer um, and then been watching a lot of stand-up uh, comedy, uh, Mike Epps, Mo Armour, um, and a bunch of stand-up, George Lopez yesterday, <laughs> of course. So, yeah, um, yeah I guess one were- more show that I, I watched uh, recently was. Uh, it's called Woo Assassins. Um, I think that's like a one-season show, unfortunately, but uh, it's been quite the variety. Um, so I think I spent my summer in front of the TV quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that's a lot
2: of those a lot of shows.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Well, How
0: about you, Basil? Uh,
2: I uh, <clears throat> probably a couple tried and true ones I've, I've mentioned before, but one show I just started watching was Billions. I don't know if you guys remember that on oh, Showtime. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had not watched it at all. So, um, as, as some of you guys know, looking at uh, starting a venture fund, and so, uh, anyways, this was this was suggested to, to watch, not to really help me with (laughs) understanding the venture fund, but just as a, uh, investment, uh, type of movie to, or not movie series to, to watch and, and probably hopefully learn some things, but in a, in a fun way. So yeah, I've been watching that. Um, I've been on, on, uh, Hulu watching, um, what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you guys have seen that one.
0: Oh my God. It's a great show hilarious see the new season just started it's awesome yeah
2: so uh, yeah what is we're it's on third season right I, I yeah. only been through the second season but anyhow it's about vampires um it's just it's funny it's not what was that the vampire series it's not uh, like a,
0: yeah it's not like a series it, there's twilight. actually it's a not movie. like
2: twilight it's like it's pretty funny the 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 first um it's kind of based off a documentary they did. They shot in, I think, in New Zealand, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, the it was,
0: first movie they made. It was a movie uh, a few years back that they uh, that this this resulted into this TV series.
2: And then couldn't say enough about Loki. That was a great series. If you guys have not watched that one, um, that whole Loki series this past spring has been. Uh, it's definitely worth going back and, and watching. I I am really enjoying. I don't know about you, Robbie, but I think that the way they set the series up is almost better than the movies. I mean one you can go for longer, obviously that's just you know they're they're doing six, seven episodes that are about an hour each, so you can capture more but um yeah, loki was if you have not seen that one, definitely go uh, and see that one and then uh with the recent passing of an actor from uh the uh the wire based in Baltimore started decided to go back and start watching that one again as well so
1: good ad i i i added just added that because of that piece of news as well yeah and and did you i watched black widow which was which is decent i was not super impressed by it but what about the C uh i guess the new captain america series did you guys watch that yeah oh yeah that was good really yeah. good yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed that one
0: yeah disney's done a good job with these new series and i agree with you uh basil that some of them are better than the actual movies but um wire the wire yeah i just bought season 1 so i just watched it again i uh, not again but i watched the next few episodes last night i never watched it the first time around i kept on hearing oh, about really? it oh really yeah so it's it's pretty amazing i'm hooked to it and um what else yeah you mentioned loki of course ted lasso season 2 oh
2: yeah i have not
1: started ted lasso second season I, yeah it's on my list yeah
0: i know people are like oh he's too nice and so i'm like great that's good for me too much <laughs> too much crap in the world right now but uh that's that's uh, one show I keep watching, and then I, of course I binged all the seasons of Breaking Bad. It's typically late at night, so I have these earphones that I don't wake up Melissa. But um, that was a pretty good show. It's an amazing show, actually. Um, there's just too many. Um, I'm not binging. Uh, I, I'm not hooked to 90 Day Fiance at all. Just want to make that make sure people <laughs> know that.
1: <laughs> so what? What did you say? <laughs> what was the Na- name of the show? 90
0: Day Fiance. It's hilarious. You gotta you gotta watch it. It's just junk TV, but it's funny. Um, it's funny to just see people just their lives fall apart. Anyway, um, <laughs> and of course it's it's Premier League season. I know Chris is watching his his awful team, Newcastle, and I'm watching the greatest.
1: Thanks, team, Robbie. Liverpool. Yeah. Oh. But who's uh, the greatest yeah. team? Who'd you say, Robbie? You, oh, y- Liverpool. Y- y- There's only one well, team. Liverpool. You guys, were, you guys, what did you make the Champions League this year? Mm.
0: Well, you know. Mm. Oh. What were you saying about a new host? Yeah, a new co-host
1: <laughs> <laughs> Get that sponsorship well, How dare you
0: Well, let's keep the funny going We're going to have, a, a, I think, a, a fun season 2 We promise the episodes won't be too long But again, you can always put the podcast at like two times So we talk like chipmunks And you can listen to it really quickly So, yeah <laughs> What else, the, Basil? That's the I mean, go-to way to before. listen
2: to
3: books <clears throat>
0: listen to books wow maybe I should right. start doing that because I have so many books that are half read and then my wife and and daughter want to go back to the bookstore and they buy books and they read them in like a day
3: Yeah. and then I actually
0: I buy to, a book again it's amazing I don't know why we should I buy just books do
2: a, um, that should be our question for next time is uh, what books to read Reader's oh.
0: Digest any kind of magazine I'm all over it
2: <laughs> you were mad <laughs> comics mad comics there you go
0: mad and cracked yeah yeah <laughs> The classic stuff, but um,
2: all right, Robbie, we'll give you the honors.
0: What's the honors? Oh, oh, you're serious? That's amazing. How long has it been? Wow, Basil, three months, I guess. Roll the outro. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the No U-Turn podcast. Special thanks to our editor Abby Joyner, and our artwork designer Terry and Fernando. If you want to check us out on Instagram, do a search for at No U-Turn underscore podcast. And also on LinkedIn, do a search for No U-Turn Podcast. We're available pretty much on any platform where you enjoy your podcast listening, such as Apple, Spotify, BuzzSprouts, and many others. So we'll see
3: you next time. Keep it on the centerline.